Hey, how you doing? And welcome to the latest episode of Unstoppable. I'm your host, Kerwin Ray, and today we are talking with Jenna Louise Doris. This chick is fit as fuck, and you might even recognize her from her stint on Australian Ninja Warrior. But you want to keep listening here as we uncover her journey from bulimia to peak performance, where this chick is now showing people how to live their life at the highest levels of performance. This was an incredible interview. This chick is unstoppable through and through. I have to say this, by the way, because Jenna Jenna Duros, who's in here right now, her guns are bigger than mine, <laughs> and I'm kind of fucking a little bit intimidated, so I've got to make this sound amazing, and she is an incredible woman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Unstoppable. Jenna, great to have you here. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's great to have you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realise I needed a bodyguard until now. Uh, <laughs> I can be your bodyguard. Well, that's what I was like, Tim, you're out of a job. I've now got, now, I've now got a, she looks a lot better than you as well. And she comes with this like fully sick, tattered bikey. So yeah, he, yeah. He, so he's, like, he's my backup bodyguard. He's your backup. So, yeah. like, I'm, I'm safe. Yeah. I feel very safe right now. So you, uh, you've you got quite an extensive career, master trainer from the Australian Fitness Institute. You've yep. written a shit ton of e-books. Uh, you have a community that is dedicated to a whole bunch of unstoppable women. Mm-hmm. Um, for, but for those of you, you've actually been on, um, you're featured as a cover on Oxygen Magazine. Oxygen Magazine and yeah. Women Health and Fitness as well. So, <sighs> Is there anything I've left out? Um, probably. I've got such a quite diverse um, career, really. So I don't really specialise in one area. I'm like, I struggle to sit still. Okay. So for me, I like to, yes, yes, totally. I like to tap into every So when people say, what do you do? Because you're obviously a trainer, you know, you obviously work with women. Is your thing really predominantly around the fitness space? Yes. So when, when I get asked that question, I find it actually very difficult to answer, to be honest, because like I said, I don't specialize just in one area. I like to say that I work in the health and fitness industry full time. Yeah. So generally that's my answer. Okay. Um, But if you want to delve way deeper into that, you'll find that I do all sorts of stuff. So, Such as? Um, so firstly, we, I, like, I do online coaching. Yep. So that's majority of my uh, time is spent online coaching women. Right. Um, and that's purely because I can't, I can't go face-to-face with everybody as much as I would like to. Leverage. Um, so online is, is de- definitely what I do most of. However, the face-to-face time I find so important and it's something that I need to do for myself um, because I just absolutely love that connection with people. Mm. Um, I love surrounding myself in group environments and leading the way and sharing my knowledge um, and just bringing that overall energy because it's like that's just my character that's who I am a very excitable are character. you a competitor as well like I noticed you're also you've been on uh, Ninja Warrior mm. as an athlete yes do you compete in anything else um, from like as this long... world's strongest woman <laughs> oh, oh gosh I want to compete in everything that's my problem yeah um, but as long as I can remember I've competed with myself really okay, right so I'm I'm very competitive but I would have to say my biggest competition is me yeah um, and generally that transfers into my daily workouts. So I'm competitive as all hell with myself on the daily. And that's purely to build my mindset and to harden my mind. Yeah, right. So uh, what's your type of training? What's your style of training? I'd like to call it hybrid training. Okay. um, Because it's a a balance across a number of different training methodologies. You know, I do um, bodybuilding. I do high intensity um, cardiovascular type type training, endurance. I do um, Ninja Worry. So obviously I was on Ninja Worry, so I had to build the skills for those. Um, How did you go on Ninja Worry, by the way? Um, season one and two, I went on Ninja Warrior. Yep. Season one, I did a lot better than season two. In fact, I went on to season two with a very fresh gluten hamstring tear. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Ooh. So it's only four weeks prior to actually going on the show. Oh, that's too soon. Yeah, <laughs> it's way too soon. And it, uh, like, was it uh, grade two? Uh, I don't know what grade it was. Right. I was actually should have gone for an MRI, but I was over in Perth. I actually died um, while I was over in the Ninja Academy training. Yeah, right. Over there, I was. Uh, it was my fault. I didn't warm up. Yeah, right. So um, lessons learned. <laughs> yeah, I actually uh, learned. did a grade two tear in my right glute, <laughs> hammy glute, uh, doing a sprint in the Ooh, last year. Yeah. In did you feel it? Did I? It oh. popped. Like oh, it yeah. fully snapped. I dropped like a sock oh. with a rock uh, inside. <laughs> and the, the, the worst and the best of it was I was in LA at the time Ooh. and I had this because I've got a great calisthenics trainer over there. I had all these calisthenics workouts signed up like two a day and then I'm like stuck in a hotel room. With fucking Uber Eats. Oh, come on. So Uber Eats and me became very good friends. <laughs> I think it was about four, and in LA, five, four, did, did, 20 donuts over five days. Oh, yep. yeah. Between, that was between meals. <laughs> yeah, I ended up putting on like nine kilos. Ooh. Yeah, That wasn't in the seven days. At actually. least it gave you something to work towards. Or gave me something to work the fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I've only literally just started to get back into shape since that. Yeah. 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 But that's yeah. a horrible, it's a horrible it, injury. It was Is that not, your first time you've done? That your, was the first injury I'd ever experienced and it was a good one. Wow. So, and in all my time, I couldn't believe, I've never broken a bone. I've never sprained any. Try harder. I know. Honestly, you're telling me this hardcore warrior. I know, I know. Never, I've and never, I've never even broken a nail. I, <laughs> I mean, come on, I've been to hospital. I had a hernia from my BMXing days. I. So you were, okay. So there's, there's a bit of a story here. Yeah, yeah. So let's look a little bit at, the, at your life story. Where did this discipline begin? Um. Look, like I said, I think since I can remember, I've always been competitive. So yep. um, I guess starting in very early stages of school, getting into little athletics and doing... That's where I started. Yeah. Yep. And that gave me the competitive edge. I was Saturday like, oh, I like this. Yep. Um, and I liked to win. Yeah, right. So I did you not do, like losing. I just want to point out, when she said that, she held my eye contact for about four seconds very, <laughs> it's very, intense. very sternly, very sternly, <laughs> slightly intimidated. Uh, yep, I do like to win. Yep. Um, and then from there I just started doing BMX. I was a blader as well, so I used to get on the trick blades and head to the I'm skate park. a bit of a tomboy kind I, of thing. Do you know what? Yeah. Copped it for yeah, being a right. tomboy. Absolutely copped it. And now I am so thankful for that. Good on you. I am so happy that I was a tomboy because it's made me who I am today. So you were a BMX bandit mm, competitively? Yeah, I used to race BMX in Canberra. (laughs) I was born and raised in Canberra, so... Fuck, get yeah. the fuck out of town. I was born in Canberra. Stop it. I was. That is something I don't know about. in hospital. They oh blew my... it up to hide the evidence. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and, they did. Uh, I lived in O'Connor. Wow. Dryandra Street. Wow. Yeah, you could go out into my front lawn and look up to the Black Black Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I was born and raised in Bill Compton. Bell Compton or Bell Conan? Bell Conan. (laughs) Bell Compton. (laughs) Don't you know Bell Compton? I clearly have not been there for a long time. Okay, so what about Queen Bogan? Okay, Queen Deanne. Okay, right. Wow, so Queen Bogan, Bell Compton. (laughs) Yeah, so So, I was first half of my life, Bell Compton. Yeah. And then moved. So is Bell Compton quite gangster now? It's Well, it was gangster. Yeah, right. So the mall, obviously Bell Conan Mall as well. Yeah, you spent your Friday nights at Bell Compton Mall. Yeah, right. Let me just have a correction there. I was not allowed to spend my Friday nights. At Bell Compton Mall. Understandably, mm, yeah. No, I was. No, I probably never went to okay. on Friday night. Did you do um, Little Athletes in Lynham? No, no. Uh, uh, I did. Where, where I did something in Lynham. It must have been Little Athletics, yeah. actually. Yeah, yep. that's exactly yeah, that was I was the same just squad. Getting confused with my gymnastics. I also yeah. did gymnastics. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this strong theme of discipline throughout your life. Yes. Yeah. Look, I, I'm a child of five. 
child and I, I'm wow. in the middle and I was the only one that would was doing any type of activity any type of sport wow. or anything and I did it all is that the polite way of saying all my brothers and sisters are fat correct <laughs> no they're not fat they're not fat I swear to god actually my older sister I actually I think I you know what I got my my discipline, I look. I think it's coming to me now. My discipline is from my mum. Right. She, so, what was the what was the example that she set for you that created this level of discipline? Somewhat an unhealthy, unhealthy discipline. Unhealthy. Well, she workoutaholic. What? So your mum's a gym junkie. Mm, she was. She was definitely a big gym junkie. She used to do lock herself in the lounge room and do Oz aerobics. And I felt like it was about five hours every day because I would sit on the outside of the door because we weren't allowed in. I'd sit on the outside just with major FOMO because I just wanted to get in there and play as well. Yeah, right. Um, so that was majority of my childhood was just her every day making sure that she got her workout in. Like yeah, right. there was a non-negotiable. She had to do it. Um, so she used to film all of the uh, Oz aerobics. Yep. And aerobics yep, on style. Yeah, yep. aerobics on style. That's the one. <laughs> um, and she used Shame to do it. So, like, yeah. So I think I, I got a lot of that. That from her and then obviously the eating side of things as well, you know, making sure that you were, you know, nourishing your body the right way. Um, she was very conscious of what she looked like and that's something that to this day I think that's where I got a lot of my um, health uh, issues from. To be honest with you, I suffered a eating disorder for about eight to ten years. What I, was that? Uh, bulimia. Yeah, right. Mm, from my very early teens okay. into early adulthood. Do so. you do you have any insights as to how that perhaps got um, put into into your psychology and how that where that actually developed from? Was it from mum always you know creating mm. this perfect picture of eating and nutrition and looking good? Yes, and I think she put such an emphasis on um, how she looked. Um, that sort of translated across to myself and I don't know, maybe I just picked up those qualities from her that, you was know. Was she doing it to an unhealthy degree? No, not that I know of. She, yeah. she never, I don't think she even suffered an eating disorder or anything like that. She right. was just very conscious of how okay. she looked and she would, you know, she would put herself down quite a bit, you know. Well, that's so all, That's all it takes. Yeah. as a child we are hypersensitive oh, yes. to the environment that we're in. Yeah. And to see that level of discipline on one side but to see that level of criticism on the other, it's like, well, that's what we do if we don't look good. We criticise ourselves. A hundred percent. And I only sort of put all of this together um, in the last couple of years, to be honest, that, you know, this is probably where I picked up a lot of my habits and yeah, stuff right. like that leading into my early adulthood. Um, and then, but so how it, old were you when you identified with bulimia? Oh gosh. How old were you when you first started engaging in bulimic habits? I thought that's a really great area for me because it's got kind memory of, loss? yeah, yeah. it's kind of foggy. Yeah. I understand. It's a, fo and I say eight to 10 years cause I don't know. Was there any history of trauma in your life? Like the, like loss? No, death? my, I mean, no trauma in, in, um, regards to, you know, losing family members or yeah. anything. I never experienced that, right. um, growing up, which I was very thankful for. But, um, what I, I guess I did experience is my family breaking up. So my, my parents gotcha. splitting up and How it was such that a, happen? um, I actually witnessed a lot of what was happening uh, with my parents and the, um, what do you call it, an affair. So I witnessed oh, that. Wow. So I was old enough to know exactly what was happening. So I think I was roughly around 20, 21, and 21 years old. Yeah, right. Um, and, and, again, that has definitely translated into my 
my adulthood, you know, going into relationships and that sort of thing, like having trust issues and totally understand. You know, I think it's a camera thing, by yeah, the way. Why well, you reckon? <laughs> I, well, I, I, I'm identifying with your trust issues, yeah. but carry on. It's not about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's always about you. Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely like carried across into into my relationships with men. Yeah, uh, men in general, not just you know intimate relationship, um, but yeah, just men in general. You know, having those trust issues and those sorts of things. So um, I'm still working through that. Well. And that's the beauty. And honestly, I believe we're never given wounds that we aren't capable of healing. But the greater the wound, the greater the pain, the greater the pain, the greater the awakening. 100%. And, you know, whenever, and just stop with the cliches, we're never given something we can't handle. But I honestly believe that those that are given the greatest weights are the ones that were destined for the greatest strength. Yeah. I honestly believe that. Yeah. I truly do. Well, we have to. What's the other fucking choice? Yeah. You've got to believe in something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're cursed. Yeah. <laughs> we're cursed. Damned, damned nation. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I mean, you know, I think I've definitely, I know that the power is on me. You know, I've got yep. the power to, to alter my mindset. I've got the power to change what I want to change in my life. Because I've heard you actually mention a couple of things. Like the, I re- the reason I train at the level that I do is because I want to have mm. this strong mind. Um, but I'm going to assume that that came on some level from some some point of insecurity, mm. um, yeah. which is tracing back to the, I'm going to say around the age of 14. Yeah, or something. I'd have to say, I think it'd have to be around that time. I I think it was probably a bit earlier because I witnessed my mum have a breakdown. Right. Um, so that was a horrible horrible thing to go through as a child. It again it's so foggy. So, so foggy. Understand. It's very it's a very grey area. Um and I actually saw a hypnotherapist that helped me sort of go back in time and um I was blaming myself for that. Yeah, right. So he helped me go back and and change the memory? My thought process on that and the memory behind it. Like this is not your fault. It's such and a see beautiful it for thing. what it is. And you know what? It was such an incredible transformation to go through and not feeling like you've got something on your shoulders and weighing you down. Yeah. Um, for me, I'd I'd always carried my mum's burdens on my shoulders. Yeah, right. So uh, I, she probably doesn't know any of this, to be honest. Like I've got a great relationship Hi, with mom. my mum. Yeah. Hi, mummy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a great relationship with my mum, but I'm so thankful for everything I've gone through um, because of the things that she went through. Yeah, right. Um, because it's definitely made me a stronger human being. And I'll, I've always said I'll never get there. I'm, every single day I'm working on me. Yeah, right. Every single day. And that's exactly what I say about my training. And that's why I do what I do because, you know, it's hardening my mind every single session because that translates it translates into everyday life as well. So what do you do to soften your mind? I do a lot of meditation. Yep. What I like, type? What style? I, I'm a sucker for um, guided meditation. Okay. So yep. I like, I'm a cued kind of person. I need yep. cues. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, even when I'm learning learning things, I need to see it. I also need to try it myself. But then I need to be reminded of the main points. Yeah. So for me, um, YouTube, I just you know, YouTube, any guided meditation, I scroll through until something hits, hits a nerve and then plug and play. Yeah. Right. And then I, it's generally when I'm going to bed. Yep. So, and to wind down. Yep. To wind down. Cause I used to have quite a hard time sleeping okay. and I go through, I go through periods of that anyway. So, um, I go through waves of, you know, periods of, you know, weeks on weeks on end, not sleeping properly. And then a couple of weeks I'm like having the blissful sleep. And have you found a connection with that? Like what, what actually is interrupting your sleep patterns? No, I haven't yet. No, no, it's very frustrating. And I think, you know, I guess it comes down to what I've got on my plate as well. Cause yep. I, I, again, I don't like to sit still, so I keep myself very busy. 
Um, but along with that, I can create a lot of anxiety around that by doing that. Yeah. So it's about creating that balance for me. Um, and yeah, I guess I find that a little bit hard sometimes because I'm excitable character than when I, you know, get invited to do things or, you know, I'm a very driven and hungry individual. So yeah. when I, I create a lot of my opportunities and so when I do, I get given these opportunities, I'm like, oh my God, okay, I'm nervous and all the prep leading up to it and all those sorts of things. So I'm a big believer in that um, if you're afraid of something or you've got some sort of fear towards something, then you go and do that. You have to do it. Have to do it. Like as nervous and as gross as it makes you feel, yeah. you've got to do it because it, it's you do that time and time again and then eventually you become a harder individual you become better at what you do when you feel pressure what is your response um oh, my response sometimes i get real my um, mood swings are all over the place when i do feel pressure yep. um again that's something i'm definitely working on yep. um if i do feel pressure like that i need to make sure that i prepare very well because if i feel prepared if i know i've put the preparation in that i need then the stress is taken off because I've got it covered. I know what I'm doing. So if I know what I'm talking about or if I know what I'm doing, um, then there's no stress there. So and then generally I lo- I'm a networker. I love talking to people. So you're quite an, you're quite an extrovert. Yes. I love I love talking to people. So <laughs> yes. for me it's like um, Definitely I, not a camber trait. No, absolutely <laughs> not. So yes. So in terms of what you're building towards now, like you've you know you you built an incredible body, you've got an incredible physique, you build a very strong mind, which we work on constantly. Yes. It sounds like you've got this uh, great range of uh, services you offer from a business perspective. Mm. What what's your main focus now? So this is another great question because uh, I like to tap into so many different things. Right. So for me, I find that I procrastinate so much because I don't have generally. I generally don't have one direction. Okay. And that again is something that I'm working on. Very, very much working yeah, on. Right. I need to focus one area until I tick that off and get it done. Okay. Um, but at the moment, there's so much that I'm working on. I. But the main thing is that I'm working cutting down my life. Um, and I mean, okay, this. we should clarify that. Yes. <laughs> She's not working not on in short, a, not in, not in shortening the lifespan. No, um, I'm speaking about, um, minimizing, um, everything that I have so yep. I can be freer. I want to live a like minimalistic life for a period of right. time. Okay. So you're going to get rid of all the gear. I'm getting rid of everything and we're just going to have cars. So the health and fitness industry, it's quite a noisy space mm. and it's getting noisier every day. Every, and it's like, um, you know, everyone's got an opinion that's fine. And I think one of the challenges in the health health and fitness space is there isn't just a cookie cutter approach for everyone. No. There is room for plenty of different perspectives, mm. but not every ego would agree with that. But I'm curious to know, how did you penetrate? Because how old are you now? You know I'm amazing? 34. 34. Wow. Yes. You actually look really good for 34. Oh, thank you. I'm getting old. No, you're not. <laughs> I don't feel I'm, it. I'm 44. So you're fucking young. You hear me? <laughs> okay. Gotcha. But um, how long have you been in the fitness as a fitness professional? Um, 10 years. 10 years. Yes. Okay. So it's been quite noisy for that period mm-hmm. of time. What was it that you were able to do that enabled you to cut through and break through in an environment that is so noisy? Um, I believe uh, my own authenticity. Authenticity. Certainly not your speech impediment. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Goodness gracious. My authenticity. Oh, who wants to – yeah, listen to me. Oh, my God, great. Um, I'm a sucker for being authentic. Yeah, right. I, I can't be anything else. 
So, you know, like I said before, I'm very driven by um, networking with people and communicating with people and getting to know them and really digging deep, you know, um, finding out what makes them tick and helping them towards that. Yeah. Um, because it, once you find out what makes somebody tick, you, you're hitting their nerves. Mm. So you, you can work towards getting, you know, a, a better version of themselves, you know. So for me, I think I've just been – I hate the word lucky – I'm not going to say lucky. I've just Gary would say you can keep that luck shit in your pocket. Yeah, 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 I agree. And I think I've created what I've created and I really have a hard time uh, with recognition Yeah, right. and saying, Jenna, you've done a good job. Canberra thing. Yeah, Canberra thing. Yeah. We're going back to that a lot. Um, so, yeah, recognition is something I, I really struggle with. So I, when you ask me that question, I'd like to say, you know, you know, I've worked hard at being authentic. Yeah. So, and I think that that uh, – really shines through the sea of fakeness that is out there in every industry. it's pretty tough. Like, that's true. There is a lot of facade in, in every industry. But, what, you know, I talk about this with my trainer, Seb, all the time. Mm. You know, all you need is an Instagram account and a six-pack and oh. you're a fucking fitness pro. Oh, it you kills know? me. And that's the thing. Like, I, I, that's something that, you know, you say a six-pack and an Instagram account. I got both. <laughs> I do. And and if you check out my Instagram page, you'd think that I'd Photoshop some of my ads. And I'm proud of my body. Like yeah. I am very proud well, you of. You should be. You've I'm worked very hard. Very proud of what I've been able to achieve for myself with that. I literally want to get on and have a look at your abs right now. Is that wrong? <laughs> you, you keep talking. I'm going to get. You gonna... won't. You won't not find them. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that. Um, like I said, you when people jump on my Instagram account, they don't just see. Um, all all abs and flexing and that sort of stuff. They see me. They see my personality. I share everything, even when it's not so wonderful to share. You know, like I'm very transparent with uh, my audience, and that's the way I've always been, and that's the way I will always be. Dear God, <laughs> that can't be real. Well, they are, and I and that's something I definitely don't do. Timmy, is, you know, airbrush photos. My, my abs don't look like that, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you can't see them, Timmy. Yeah. I'll just in, in case. Holy crap. Oh, he's, Tim's like clenching his tummy. <laughs> oh, Tim's what's, working on a six-pack. What's happening here? <laughs> wow, you are, you are very well built. I You've think really... I've had a set of abs since I did gymnastics when I was a kid. Okay. So, look, I, I, let's just thank gymnastics. Thank you very much. Well, it's great core. It's great basis. Yes, That's absolutely. why I do Cali now. Yes. All I do is Cali. I don't touch a fucking weight anymore. Body weight. Oh, my it's gosh. It's phenomenal. Yeah. We, um, I say we because I speak about my fiancé as well, Scott Evernet. We train together every day. He's a beast, by the way. He is. He's, he's sitting out there looking very relaxed. <laughs> but he looks like he could just reach up and grab that banana and kill anyone at any second. Yeah, he's actually ex-military. Yeah. So, what, where did he serve in what area? Um, so he, um, good question. I oh, I should know this. Must oh be my Special gosh. Forces. Special Forces. It was? He was a commando. Commando. Yes. Yep, so he, eight years and five in as a commando. Yep. Four tours to Afghanistan. Yeah, right. How am I going? Doing well. Oh, good. Doing really well. <laughs> really, really well. Fuck, maybe we should get Scott in here. I you know, can right? I'm, I'm like, just get kidding. out there. I'm reading his bio as we speak. Um, <laughs> but he's been out for about five years now. So, okay. yeah, he um, he's definitely, he will definitely grab that banana and, yeah. He's about to, he's about to murder the banana. <laughs> okay. So I well, kind of went off a I don't know where we are. No, that's okay. We were talking about um, breaking the industry and then we talked mm. about needing a six-pack and an Instagram account yeah. and you had both. <laughs> and then I had to check the Instagram account yes. out to, to verify and I'm scarily 
conscious of the fact that you're 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 a bit of a beast. So but I say that with love. Thank I do you. say that with love. Thank you. Because um, uh, you know, coming from a background, and, and a lot of people still don't really know this. Like I was actually a competitive bodybuilder from the age of uh, my first competition was 15. Whoa, that's yeah, young. Very young. Oh. Uh, first competition was 15. Last competition was almost 19. Oh, jeez. So Mr. Queensland, teenage Queensland, two years in a row, <laughs> and nationals one year in a row uh, oh, wow. at the teenage level. So I'll, I'll, if I can find I some photos, I would love that. I used to be a Beast. Like I'm talking off season, 110 kilos oh, at my home, which oh, is quite, which is quite large. Oh, you would have been a popular child. I, I teenager. was a very, uh, I was, uh, yes, popular. I don't know if I was popular. People moved out of my way. Yeah, That's what true. This way in high school, true. Because this is going back like literally 25 odd years ago yeah, right. when bodybuilding really wasn't that no, big. And no. to see a child, like I still remember the Brisbane Broncos came out to our school to do a training camp and we all got our shirts off and they looked at me like I was like, they're like, oh. what the fuck? Where'd you come from? <laughs> so was Annie your... Uh, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, I had a picture of Commando, like uh, him from Commando actually on my wall. Arnie is like one of my faves, He's, seriously. Uh, I used ethic. to be ambassador for Gold's Gym and I actually got to go over to Gold's Gym in LA and yeah, yeah do right. a lot of stuff over there. Didn't meet him face to face. You will, I know I you will. will. But listen, the reason I went on that tangent is I understand the work that's required, not just physically, but mm. also mentally, but also nutritionally, you know, to, to hold any type of weight. Because I got back to a decent size last year, but it was incredible discipline around the training, incredible discipline around nutrition. Like yes. nutrition, you cannot out train a bad no. diet. But what I'm curious to know from you is apart from the, this, you built this incredible physique, you built this incredible business, which is giving you this nomadic lifestyle to be able to journey around and do whatever you want. But if someone was looking at you and going, well, shit, I can't do it. The fitness industry is too noisy now. What advice would you give to a fit pro who's trying to break through at any level, whether it be at the product level, the ebook level, you know, the one-on-one -on -one level or the group training level? Yeah, look, I think this, the, my top advice there we would be have to be in it for the right reasons. You're right. You need to want, like deep down want to help people and help transform people's lives. Um, for me, I I have that. Like I just I want nothing more than to know that I'm making an impact on people's lives. And that's why I said to you before, face-to-face -face time with people mm. is so important for me because that's when I can make the greatest impact. Yeah, right. I spend so much time responding to people's messages. People pour their heart out to me and I'm no professional to be able to you know, give them any type of therapy or anything like that. I can only give them my personal opinion and my own experience. Um, so for me, I want to be at the level where I can professionally be able to provide them some sort of, you know, this is this is my advice and, you know, backed professionally. If, so if you're wanting to do further study, is yes, that right? Yes, yep. So I was looking the at doing counselling or yep, what's your counselling. I was looking at life coaching yep. and, and those sorts of things, but I haven't really nailed exactly what that looks like yet. Okay. I know that, you know, 34, I'm 34, but I feel like I'm just starting Dude. and I've been in the industry 10 years. But if I knew everything I know now and have experienced everything that I've experienced, you know, throughout my life and I, you give me back my youth, man, I'd be pretty damn back. successful. You still fucking got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's okay. settle down. Okay, All cool. right, I'm feeling fucking old when you, when you say that shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So look, there's a lot of myths in the fitness industry and I think the challenge with the, the myths, a lot of these myths are born out of this perspective that it's a one size fits all. Mm, oh and my it's gosh. not so much there as there is, and some myths are myths, and it's interesting because since I started cutting up again and I started putting photos up, everyone's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Kerwin's now a fucking fitness professional. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, now he's got a six-pack, he knows it. And so, well, fucking dude, I, I was actually training, fucking competing before you were even born, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, but that being said, I'm not trying to, you know, say I know it all, but what I do know is everybody is different. 100%. There's you know, not everyone responds differently to different types of carbohydrates. Everyone responds differently to different types of protein. Everyone responds differently to macros, you know, micros as well as different 
different nutraceuticals. Oh my God, I love that. So what I'm curious to know from you is what are some of the biggest fuck off myths that you've seen in the fitness industry that you look at and you just go, oh God, really? Yeah. And if I disagree with you, I'm going to smash you. Mm, I mean, the, the, good. <laughs> we got the gloves we, on. Yeah, good. Actually, no, I'll go gentle. Fucking Scotty just gave me a look. <laughs> we, like you said, we've got very um, overpopulated industry and um, the internet is a wonderful tool, but it can be loaded with a lot of shit as well. So um, I think myth-wise, you know, there's always such an unhealthy perception around carbohydrates. Um, they're evil. I don't fucking care what you say. Yeah, especially for females. Yes. They're, they're the f- devil. Well, why though? I'm only kidding. Okay. Let's, let me clarify. Okay. White carbs yes. are the devil. Yes. Yes, <laughs> correct. At the wrong times. To- but yes. who wants to eat white carbs at the right time? No, look, you got me there because I, exactly what I was going to say is timing of carbs mm. is everything. Um, carbs are your fuel, right? So, I mean, I mean, all, fu- all food is fuel. Um, however, timing of carbs can make such a difference. And obviously, depending on your goals as well. So you're not going to go and uh, try and cut a bit of your carb intake if your goal is to bulk up and put on more muscle and those sorts of things. But if your goal is to lose some weight and trim up and those sorts of things, then timings of your carbs is very important. So how would you tell someone to time their carbs and what types of carbs at different times would you advise people to have? Yep. So I generally like to say that um, carbs in and around training time only in the first half of the day. Yep. It's so simple. So simple. Like if you have your carbs at nighttime, again, it it comes down to when you can train as well. So Mm -hmm. some people can only get their training sessions in at nighttime, which is totally okay. So you're going to want to have to have your carbs beforehand. And your carbs can range anywhere from like, you know, rice cakes with peanut butter on them to broccoli and stuff like that. But you're going to have to have a high intake of broccoli to get your carb intake But in. when you tell people to use like rice cakes, for example, mm. you're like, well, if you're going to do rice cakes, choose a brown rice. Correct. Yep. So you want to choose your healthier carbs. But yep. at the same time, again, timing wise, I, I have a very balanced very extremely balanced diet. Um, and that's because of the way I train. So I train twice a day. Generally, um, my, my morning sessions are higher, higher intensity sessions. It's where I really dive deep into my own shit. Um, and then my afternoon sessions, my weight sessions. So generally before a weight session, I, I have to eat some sort of carbs and that's, that is in the afternoon. So, um, even if it's like, like a half a banana, I can't consume too much before I work out. My morning workouts are fasted. They're always fasted. And, For and any particular reason? Yes, because I've performed better, performed better at a, an endurance level, fasted. Hormone uh, level better? Yes, much better. Growth I just, hormone profile better? Oh, yeah, let, let's be honest. <laughs> Everything's better. <laughs> Everything is way better. Yeah. Everything is way better. I just perform. I feel so much better. Um, when I'm on an empty tummy and I'm yep. doing that crazy stuff that I do in the first thing bl- in the morning. the blood is free to go where it yes, needs to go. Yes, there's so much provide. oxygen. Exactly. There's so much oxygen going around the body. So, um, And then my weight session, I need to be strong. So, you know, some sort of carb before, there, the, before that, which it could be oats and yogurt. Or well, donuts. Donuts. Donuts are, are not going to do it for you. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is how I got fat again. Seriously. But, fucking Uber Eats. But, oh, bloody donuts. They are so good. But, but have you ever had DK? Have you ever been to LA? Of course, yes. surely been in LA. Yes. DK, next time you're in LA, yeah. you're going to hate I've me heard for of this. DK. DK Donuts. Yes. They're at, um, what fucking, uh, Sepult, no, is it fucking Santa Monica Boulevard? I think it is. 
Uh, about three clicks in, best donuts. DK, why DK. is that? I probably they're had the a, best donuts okay, in the world. I would remember, right, yeah. if I had them. It yeah. was a good seven years ago I went there's there. There's so many good donut places. There's so many good dessert. Anyway, there, we, we there need are to, so we, many. This is what happens when we talk about carbs. Breakfast three times a day for me. That's me. I'm like, just give me yogurt and granola three times a day. I'll be the happiest oh. person on earth. So. Okay, so um, carbs, not such a bad thing. What's no. another big myth? Um, another myth, oh, my gosh. Oh, that you have to do cardio to lose weight. Yeah, Oh, right. my gosh. Come on, people. Like, seriously? We, you've got to move. Yep. Um, and your calories have to match or you need to be in somewhat of a calorie deficit to be able to lose some fat, right? So, Which, by the way, is a pretty healthy state to maintain all year round, isn't it? To well, be slightly, depending on your goals, yes. I guess, or depending on your goals. Yes. But if you're just, if you're not someone who's competitive by nature, you know anything else, yeah. being in caloric deficit most of the time is going to keep you it, lean. It's going to yes, keep you clean. Yes, 100%. And yeah. I'm that type of person that, I, I, for me, I feel great when I have small meals mm. and I, cause I fast from say seven at night till uh, probably about 10, 30, 11 o'clock the so next you day. Intimate fast. I do yeah. because What's, it so works for me. So it's a 16 hour window? Yeah. Generally I try and push it to 16 hours. <laughs> yep. Sometimes that it can be 10 or 12. Okay. But I'm I an 18 generally, hour window guy. Whoa. Yeah. 18. Cause that's when the magic happens. Ah. The magic happens just close oh, to the 18 hour God. mark where the IGF levels start to drop, growth hormone levels surge, oh, testosterone levels surge. I am, I am a bit extreme. Oh, okay. Okay. But I'm now doing, like when I when I was doing it in last year, and I actually put on some really decent size before I fucking injured myself. Oh no! Uh, I was doing like thousand calorie meals because I was only having two meals a day yeah. plus a shake. Yeah. And so I was having some cases, you know, twelve, fourteen hundred me- calorie meals. Yeah. One hundred and twenty gram protein meals. Wow. And then people say this is another myth. I've I've had people say, oh no no, your body can only process thirty grams of, car- of protein at one time. I'm like, oh, well, how the fuck did I put on? Yeah, exactly. Eight kilos of beef. Again, it comes down to individual. Like it, everybody yeah. is different, and that looks different. On everybody and depending on what your <coughs> schedule is your training profile exactly yeah. exactly so you know for me it's like my my calorie intake i don't know what it is because i don't track my calories i don't track my macros Very healthy. that's a trigger for me if yeah. i do do that coming from a eating disorder background i know that that's a trigger for me if i was to focus on calorie intake and macro and all that sort of stuff, I know I'd become obsessive over it. I've got a very obsessive personality. Yeah, can't tell. I can't. <laughs> not, not obvious. So, you know, it's best that I don't count calories. Yeah. Um, and that's what I try and get most of my female clients to do is mm. to take the focus off what they're actually consuming in numbers to how the body feels and responds to the fuel that they're feeding the, their body. Autophagy. You familiar with it? No, I've never even heard. I don't even. Okay, so think autophagy I've heard is the science behind one of the aspects of science behind intermittent fasting, whereby when the body becomes depleted of 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 fuels, it obviously starts using different fuel sources. So it stops mm. using using sh- blood sugar sources, and it starts breaking down cellular fuel, so yes. fat cells. But what also happens, what the science now tells us, is it also starts, the, the, the body starts scavenging on damaged tissues and damaged cells. And a damaged cell that replicates too many times is what we call cancer. And so what we now understand through intermittent fasting or even fasting in general, the body actually starts to consume itself, but it's it's like the Darwinian theory of evolution, which is only the strongest cells survive. So it's the weakest cells that actually get fed on first, which literally clean you out wow and make you stronger i am so obsessed with hearing stuff like that <laughs> like 
I'm a I sponge. I feel honored that I actually taught you something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> thank you. Because oh, I am a sponge. My um, retention rate, however, is not so great. You but have a photographic <laughs> memory. I think you see here, smell, taste, yes. touch and read. You recall with I crystal do. clear accuracy. I do. I do. So, but yes, I absolutely love learning stuff like that. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm, I'm a podcaster through and through. I listen to all that sort of stuff all the time. Um, I think I take in too much information because I can't retain it all, right? Yeah, right. So I, I, I'm just but using But you know the crazy excuse. thing is you retain, you have retained every single piece of information, every stimulus, every memory, every sound, every smell, every t- every single thing that you've been exposed to, you've retained it. I'm happy to know this. You are, but we've just, some of us have just forgotten how to access the files. Ooh, can you teach me? I, Jim Quick. Okay. He's your boy. Okay. You want to go and study under Jim Quick. Awesome. Meditations. Amazing. Yes, you need to get yes. off the guided shit though. Yes, that's like crack, that's like crack for meditation. That's like it's like personal <laughs> development. It's like it's not real meditation. Okay. Let's put it that way. Yeah, well, okay. Vedic meditation. I will even put oh. you under my guy, Gary Goro. Okay. Uh, he's between Sydney and uh, and Byron Bay. He's like the Vedic meditating master to the stars. He teaches all the uh, all anyone who's anyone who <gasps> has anything. Uh, he's the guy that people go to. Oh, because I've been obsessed with the thought of lucid dreaming. Oh. Mm. Yes, meditation. You need to do real meditation. Yes, yes. I want to get to a point where I experience some lucid dreams. Because I look at like guided meditation as almost like um, isogenics for meditation. (laughs) It's like... Dude, I love you this don't need so a, much. You don't need oh. a fucking box. And not, nothing against isogenics. Yes. Okay, it's, it serves a purpose. <laughs> Correct. But I don't need a box of shit to help me to do what I need. I, I just need a, a fridge full of good fruits yes. and vegetables. Yes. And, you need to be educated how to fuel exactly, your body. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I understand the convenience of it. And that's the problem with, to me, guided meditation apps. And it's by the way, it's better to do a guided meditation app than to not, not at do all. it at all. It's a great gateway. It's mm-hmm. a great way to bring people into the uh, to the knowledge, bring people into the practice. And that's what it is. Because mm. people go, well, I tried to meditate. I couldn't do it. I said, well, what happened? I kept on getting distracted. It's like, dude, that's the fucking point. Yeah. That's like saying you went to the gym and going, oh, I didn't train. Why? Because I started lifting weights and it yeah. fucking hurt. So, <laughs> dude, that's the point. Yes. Because when it hurts is when you start to develop. And yes. when you become distracted, that's the goal is to become conscious of, right, I'm distracted. Let's get back to the focus. Mm. Oh, fuck, I'm distracted again. Oh, and sometimes yeah. it takes 10 minutes before you catch yourself. Yes. But then tomorrow it takes eight minutes. So you're making me relax even and, talking and about this. three minutes. Yeah. And then two minutes. And then before you know it, you're like, Wow, I just sat down for 10 minutes. I didn't think about anything. I love that. But that doesn't happen overnight. Correct. I'm neither still at squatting phase one. Neither does squatting 200 Ks, right? Neither. Exactly. You've got to build up to it. And it's the practice. It's the discipline that actually – but when it comes to the meditation, what the meditation does is it starts to free up your synapses and all these all these peripheral uh, connections and really help you just get all the filing system cleaned out. It gives mm. you access to the files so that you can access them really easily. I need this. Timmy's going to pull this shit out next time I forget something. He's going, Kevin, you need to fucking meditate. You can't fucking access your files because I, I Still your a bit of shit. Yeah, there you go. You got something to work with there. Yeah. <laughs> so what's uh, you, you're about to go on the road? You're about to go uh, nomadic with uh, with uh, Scotty Bad Boy. Yep. Um, what else is next for you? How long did, is this? Just a, we're going to suck it and see, or no? Well, we're we we've sort of given ourselves about a year. Okay. Um, then sip, marriage, feel, kids. Well, we're we're engaged, so we do need to get married at some point, right? You know what? When I first proposed to my now ex-wife, my first ex-wife, I haven't got a second one yet, but my first ex-wife, <laughs> I proposed to her at night after an event, uh, and then the next morning she wakes up and guess what she said to me? 
so when are we going to get married? Oh. And I was like, well, fucking hang on. I just hold proposed. Up. Hold up. Well, as far as I know, I've got at least another two years before we need to set a date. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 no. That's, that's not a, how it works. I'm like, fucking hell, I should have thought about this a little bit better before I Look, that's, that a, that's a difference with us. We kind of do things a little bit differently to yeah, most right. people. And we don't. Dude, respect. Do it your <laughs> yeah, own way. Yeah, we yeah. don't. We didn't announce that we were engaged or anything like that. We just did it our own way and it was really nice. So nice. Um, when it comes to getting married, we don't have dates yet but we know that you know we want to do that within the year um but again no pressure it just it'll happen when it happens and we want to enjoy I have a feeling you the guys process. Are, gonna get eloped. are you guys gonna get eloped probably yeah, yeah that's my sense it's definitely yeah. on our on our cards i mean that's what we've kids? always spoken about what about kids we both at the moment I, i'd like i always say never say never okay but I feel like it's never. But I don't want to have children. Okay. And Scott is on the same yeah, same page, right. Why so which, is is, which is very. Can I good. challenge this? Is yes, this, yeah. absolutely. I'm one of five yep. children. They all have kids. I've got jam packed life of nephews and nieces, and I am obsessed with them. Yep. Like I can't get enough of them. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're the most important things in my life. Um, but for some reason, and this was very hard for me to come to terms with when I did years ago. Um, but for some reason, I don't want to have my own. I feel like I cannot see my life with children. Mm. Um, and do you think that's in any way a reflection of the childhood you had and how how it went with mum and dad? Or? Um, my mum always used to say, "Jenna, don't have children." <laughs> Well, it's amazing how we pick up these suggestions. Yep. My so, dad used to say to me, Kerwin, you're stupid. Yeah. As a result, I didn't read a book until I was 23. Oh, wow. Yeah, now I've read over a thousand. But you're not stupid. I'm far from stupid, <laughs> yes. but I was convinced that I was. Yeah, yeah. So it's, maybe I'm just, yeah, maybe. It, it was, could have been fed from that. Yeah. Um, and again, thanks, mum. But um, <laughs> yeah, thanks, mum. I feel That's like a great book, my mum. My mum sounds like she's a you know, pretty horrible person, but she's not. Nah, she's the they best did the person best, in the world. They did the best that they can with the resources they've got. Oh, my goodness. Got. Absolutely. There's a great parenting book out there written by a game guy called uh, James Oliver. Yep. It's all on parenting and the title of the book is called They Fuck You Up. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm loving this. It's a great book. But wow. what I have understood and this is where I was going to kind of go with you especially with um, you know the, the challenge you've had <clears> in your eating. So I'm an addict so I identify as an addict. Yes. Um, uh, not that I have you know major issues with it. It's something that I've lived with for a very long time. I'm just very aware of my compulsive nature. Yep. But the gift that it has given me you know because addiction and bulimia they're pretty much on the same spectrum. 100%. Right? Uh, and one of the things that I've, I've learned is the gift of the wounds, because obviously my brain developed differently based on my environment, similar to yours, yep. which created behaviours that were different to perhaps other people's. Mm -hmm. Hence, it's, we give it labels that you know are different from normal or atypical or yes. neurotypical. Yes. Um, and so for me, one of the things I've realised is all the issues that my parents gave me were gifts, mm. and they were gifts that get, were enabled me to work on myself to become better. But here was the punchline. It wasn't until I had my son that I realized the greatest gift. Oof. And the greatest gift was I now get to break the pattern. Yes. I now get to break the pattern. I now get to – and this is the thing. I'm getting gooseies. Yeah. And if I cry, I apologize because I'm very emotional. I, I'm a crier. Trust me. I now get to – I look at this little boy and I see myself. And I now give. I now get to give this – my my son, my beautiful son Noah, I now get the opportunity to father him how I wanted to be fathered. Look, I, I and that is I, so cathartic. Yeah, like no, so cathartic. I absolutely, I can't love that enough, and I have had thoughts of that because I don't want to change your mind. I just want to plant no, seeds. No, look, you can't change my mind. Um, <laughs> I fucking hate kids. <laughs> I'm an independent woman. <laughs> I like my nieces and nephews. I can give them back. So this, this is, and that's where I was going is towards my nephews and nieces, and that's something that. 
um, especially with my my older sister. We're best friends. We're very close. Um, and with her children, she's been I've been able to watch her do exactly that, yeah, right. and it is so special because even down to the things that you know you don't call people fat because that really hurts people's feelings. And my beautiful little niece Tilly, oh my gosh, she's seriously the best thing in the world. She goes around and. She's a heart on legs. Like she's seriously the most beautiful little thing in the world. And the things that comes out of her mouth as a result of what my sister has taught her, as a result of what my sister went through in her childhood, is phenomenal. I absolutely love it. And it's something that I've been very aware of, obviously, that if I was to have my own children, that it's exactly what I would do. You know, I'd have the ability to not not have history repeat itself, that my children would grow up Hopefully, you know, I would do my best, but my children will grow up feeling like they can love themselves for who they are. Mm. And that's really special because I guess that's something that I've struggled with my entire life is, you know, loving me for who I am. And it's only been in the last couple of years where I've really have done that. I've started loving myself because I'm in control of me. I'm in control of what I look like. I'm in control of what I do on the daily basis. You know, I'm in control of everything as much as I can, obviously. And then, you know, I'm proud of what I've been able to achieve for myself. So, and so you should be. Yeah. And to answer your question about children is that, you know, yes, I have thought about that, but it's still at the end of the day. This is your journey. Yeah. This is your ride. Yeah. And no one should tell you otherwise. A lot of people say, is it because you don't want to, you know, put on weight or you don't want to carry a child and look fat? And it's just like, that is so far from. <laughs> Yeah, right. Even in my thoughts. Can you imagine having a round belly with abs? Like, that would be sick. <laughs> I have seen yeah. some friends who are very fit friends who have gone through pregnancy and they are seriously inspo, seriously. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. So for those people who are listening who are slightly inspired, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received or that you like to give people? Mm, I just I honestly have to say you do you. Mm. Because you at the, do you, boo? Yeah, boo. Yep. Everyone else it, is taken. Oh, exactly. At the end of the day, you are the one that matters the most because if you can't make yourself happy how do you expect to have an impact on other people's lives in a positive way and for me that's what uh, my life is dedicated to right now is having an impact on other people's lives as much as my own you know I want to be happy every single day and of course it's not going to happen because you know I'm only human and I have my own battles and I struggle and all those sorts of things but again it's you know like I said I'm never going to get there I'm, I'm working on it every day but if I can help people in the process um, based on my own experiences, then um, I'm a winner. And you don't need a degree to do that, by the way. No, you, you don't do- need a qualification to do that, by the Correct. way. Correct. Correct. I often find it really interesting when I, when you know, when whenever I'm in therapy, uh, which I still do from time to time, and I'll sit down with a therapist, and we'll be talking about addiction, and and the, the the inevitable question always comes out: Oh, so you you're an addict? And they go, Oh no, I'm not an addict. Yeah. And it's like it's not that I belittle anyone who's not experienced addiction, but it's really hard to understand what someone's been through unless you've walked in their shoes. Oh, my gosh. I and I honestly think agree. the best healers in the world are the ones with the greatest wounds. I, I can't agree more with that. If you've experienced that and you know the empathy that you need to have with other people and the power that you need to be able to give that person to, you know, believe in, in themselves to, you know, push themselves over the line. <clears throat> so for me it's all about making sure that they have the belief in themselves that they can take the next step. Because fear stops us from doing everything. Yeah, nice. So, where can we find you? Oh well, apart I'm apart from on your balcony <laughs> with your sick ass gym, <laughs> doing reps and sets for the next couple of weeks. Anyway, um, 
I am on Instagram, so Jenna Louise underscore JL, um, and basically Jenna Louise um, on any social platform. Fantastic. So I'm YouTuber. Um, I do a couple of vlogs there. I'm Jenna on Facebook.com.au as well. And yes, my website. Check yeah. her out, ladies and gentlemen, because when the sun's out, her guns are out, and <laughs> oh, she wow. is an incredible human being. Uh, and it's been really, honestly, a real pleasure to get to know a fellow Canberrian oh my gosh. from uh, Bell Compton uh, <laughs> in Queensbogan. Queen Bogan. Queen Bogan. Yeah. That's Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming on Unstoppable. (laughs) Jenna Louise Duros. Thank you so much. I got that Duros bit right. You did. There you have it, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Unstoppable with me, your host, Kerwin Ray. And do me a favor, don't forget to drop me a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear what you think. I love reading what you guys have to say. And your reviews make sure we keep creating killer content just like this. If you want to stay up to date with me and all my movements, please jump onto the website, kerwinray.com. And also check us out on social media, at Kerwin Ray.